Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. It's Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com. That was one heck of an introduction. Do my best. That was beautiful. As I go into my 140th year, (laughs) it seems, this morning. Steve came came out... (laughs) Steve came out of the birth canal with a microphone in his hand. Hey, did you get wasp killer, Jim? They're all over the window here. I saw one. I know. Do they have it at Staples? I don't know. Because i got to go there today. They're also going back in the satellite. Why don't you have a bug guy come out and spray? I don't think that it does wasp like that. My guy does. Wasps? I mean, he does, yeah. I mean, I what do does he do? Standard, I mean, we can get spray. and I do standard pest control. Well, it's just smart. I, I do them twice a year. They come out and spray in the early spring and late fall. And it takes care of wasps? For the most, it does a really well. good job, yeah. It does. A, I had a big wasp issue about a month ago, and then he came out, and boom, they're gone. Now, yesterday, I had a bunch of ants building up by a little separation from my sidewalk. I just took them with a took care of them with a hose. <laughs> but yeah, no, the wasp. I had a major wasp because I have my house has got areas that are perfect for them to. Mm-hmm. And they came, but no, I got him out there and he got rid of them. We have some wasp issues from time to time. I mean, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. So, but. well, why don't you? Uh, yes, check at Staples, but I it's not Staples. I mean, we need. Yeah. He's not expensive. It's like forty-two dollars to come out and get your. Well, house who spray. is it? Standard standard pest control. Um, well, could it, we have a little more than standard? I would, you know. Like, well, I met him actually through John <laughs> Feeney. I mean, I, it's um, Jim Schleicher's his name, and um, but yeah, I can. Um, I'll give you his information. He's been yeah. spraying my house for years. I and know I ne- uh, the guys at DNR Pest Control listen as well. Yeah, I've never had any issues with bugs, but I, yeah. like I say, I spray at least. I try to but spray you don't. Them. But they kill wasps for a well, long. Well, that's the main or? reason I brought him out. I, I told him my situation, and he says it kills everything. And it's um, <laughs> dogs, cats. Um, no, I will say ants did. He said, "Hey, if you have any issues, just let me know. I'll come back out." And but no, I um, I've seen some wasps flying around, but they haven't they haven't um, let's say built anything so far. I they like get wasps. in the damn satellite. And, no wasps and are, are mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're they they're a holes. No. They hurt. Yeah. Their sting hurts. Yeah. It does. So, but um, but yeah, um, um, we've got uh, an interview with Betts. What are we gonna do we during don't. that? Do we do we just hang out when that thing's going on, Captain? Yeah. Well, we could go get some pancakes. I'd like or... to go. If we, if <laughs> what we do you knew, mean, do? <laughs> if we knew those people that own the horses, we could go up and pet the horses. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've noticed they've changed the horse with brown hair is now out front, and the horse with kind of grayish whiter hair is in the back little area now. I'm wondering why they switched. I don't know. 
because we don't know them. So, so this is an interview kind of day because you got a, about a 20-minute interview with Liddell Betts that you did last yesterday? I did it yesterday afternoon, and then Captain and I both enthusiastically came yeah. in here last night. <laughs> Had the best part about coming in here last night, neither one of us wanted to be here. You could tell he was... Well, was ma- CIS was having the season finale. And I had just cracked my first beer. Had he called me in, in 20 minutes later, I would have been, nope, I've already had a beer and a half. Oh, I, I had had half a beer, so I was fine. Steve, I, I can't <laughs> The best, though, was we're out here. Neither one of us want to be here. T- we were out here about a good hour. But the best was, at, was Molly telling me that she would prefer that neither one of us were here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that she yeah. likes being alone when she's She working. does, yeah. That's what I thought was best, was yeah. neither one of us wanted to be here at all. And then you get Molly saying, well, you know, I'd prefer that you're not here either. I, that so just, that's, but that's good. We got about a 20 minute interview yeah. with Liddell. Bass. A lot of recruiting talk and interesting. I mean, and we'll be talking to Quinn early at 10:30. That's you set that thing up at 10:30, and I assume he's in California, right? So why yeah. are we talking to him late? Because it's Cause California. It's California. It's 8:30. It's Quinn early. Well, oh, I see so what you mean. Good one. So, so will that how will that impact programming from like? Oh, 11 to 11. What, what I don't happened? I know what we're going to do what now. What does it do to Hay Lang? Well, Hay Lang is uh, shoved. We got the police reports. And then uh, you got uh, Rex. Hay Lang is going to be like 10 minutes. Wow. <laughs> so Hay Lang is suffering due to this late interview with Hay Twitter. Lang is <laughs> suffering. That, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I inter- um, Well, I even. I apologize if it's not as it's just different taping an interview at home on your mm-hmm. on your phone landline as opposed to I would much rather have had him on live, but his schedule didn't allow for it. Now I am working on something with Ken O'Keefe, and I'm hoping it can be live on June twenty first. That would be great. And I told I would like to have Ken on, and I'd rather do somewhat of a laid back interview with Ken. You know, we don't. I mean, yeah, we talk football, of course, but it doesn't need to just be all right. What's it going to take for? Yeah, well, I mean, because I, Ken's got a good sense of humor. He does. I think it would he be, does. and I'd like to, you know, ask him the Kinnick question. I've warned him. We do that. I told him what Kirk did. Um, Kirk gave us the Springsteen answer, and um, so yeah, that's one I'm working on. But Liddell, I mean, it turned out to be a good interview. I am. Um, he talked a lot about why he picked Iowa over Kansas State. Because remember, he picked Iowa. When Kansas State was on the verge of exploding under Bill Snyder. I mean, and he explains why on here. And then he also explains what he looks for in a running back recruit. And you'll be surprised. Was he from Blue Springs? Blue Springs, Missouri, Missouri? Kansas City yep. area. Yeah, and it, down, it was down to Iowa and Kansas State, and Snyder was thriving. Liddell's freshman year at Iowa was 97. He redshirted in 97. So at one point they had Liddell Betts and Tavian Banks on the same team with Tim Dwight. And but Liddell redshirted that first year. Right. Then he played the next four. But yeah, I mean in Kansas State by the two thousand, I mean Kansas State was great they at that were. time. And he explains why he picked Iowa. He said he just got here and he said he just knew this is where he wanted to be. And he faced a completely different situation at Iowa. He went through the rebuilding of a program and had some really down years. Had he gone to Kansas State, he would have been competing for but he still doesn't seem to have any regrets, and it's worked out great for him. And so, but yeah, he talks a lot about recruiting because that's. And he talks. He also talks about how he got this job, mm. what he went through. It was not a quick process. It was, and and I don't think he'd be here had the stuff last summer not happened. I think that sort of got the ball rolling. Well, that's interesting because I think Liddell, when he saw some of this stuff surfacing, I think he reconnected with former teammates. And one thing led to another, but you'll you'll hear it on this interview. Mm-hmm. And so, literally, I just go lay out on the couch then, right? I don't, yeah, and nothing else to do. Right. I mean, if we were not out in the boons, we could go across the street and get something to drink, or do, you know. But here, I mean, I go out in the middle of a cornfield. So, do we want to do this now? Or? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah, let's you do want it. me to do it over here? No. You have it? Captain's have got it. it all, man. Captain's got it. Did it all Captain last control. Did it all last night while Molly was telling us to leave. <laughs> so now we can do it from over here too. I'll have you start it and then about a half second later I'll start it over here. <laughs> It'll be just <laughs> yeah. And um, it would be chaos. And we're not taking calls, right, during this thing? No. No, it's no. It's pre-recorded. We would have to that stop was, the interview. And, that was a joke. Well, we, they could call the business line. They could. Yeah. And we'll answer the business yeah, line. only if they want to make a buy. All right. All well, right, so you're 20 ready? minutes for the dough bets. Okay. Let's see, I'm here with Liddell Betts on, what is this, Tuesday afternoon, May 25th. Liddell, we're about um, a little over three weeks removed from your first spring football practice as the Iowa running backs coach. What what do you focus on now? What's the main focus? Can I assume recruiting is really picking up big now? It is. Recruiting is really big for us right now. We're trying to circle back and, and uh, tie up a bunch of loose ends. And obviously we have camps coming up in June. Uh, and we haven't had an opportunity to see these kids in over over a year. Obviously, this is my first time on staff, but I, I'm speaking on behalf of the coaching staff as a whole. We haven't had an opportunity to see these kids in person in over a year. So uh, this month's a big month for us and for a lot of schools coming up in June. So we'll be pretty busy with recruiting. So, Liddell, so when you were you know, thinking about taking this job and going through the interview process, how much did recruiting come up? I mean, because I've heard stories about former players. Some love recruiting. Others don't like it. How much, Did you think you were going to like it, and how big of a part is that going to be of your job? Well, it's a use for the job in terms of college coaching. I mean, there's no way around recruiting. And it did come up during my interview process, um, and it was something that I was familiar with a little bit. I've never actually been on this side of it. Uh, having gone out and, uh, you know, seeking talent and, and trying to re- recruit kids. I've actually been on the other side as, as the head coach, you know, fielding calls and dealing with coaches coming in and wanting to sit down and kind of facilitate that process uh, with the student-athletes. So uh, I have a unique perspective where I've been on the other side, and I've actually been a kid that's been recruited as well, uh, just haven't done it from this side. So it, it's a, it's a definitely a learning experience for me, but I do have some familiarity with it. Uh, from a few different angles coming into this. And you weren't just recruited. I mean, you were heavily recruited. I remember I was working at the Press Citizen then. I mean, you were um, maybe one of the top running backs in the Midwest, one of the tops in the country. I mean, how much from what you went through during that process can you use now when you're trying to relate to these kids who a lot of them were in the situation you were in 20, 25 years ago? How much your experiences can help you as a recruiter? Well, I, I tell you what, a lot has changed since, since I was being recruited. You know, now... Um, we're in the social media day and age. So, you know, everyone has Twitters and, and Instagrams and all this stuff. So uh, recruiting has definitely changed in that regard. But one of the things that I take from from my time being recruited is, like you mentioned, I was pretty heavily recruited, so I was used to dealing with a lot of phone calls and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of mail, uh, you know, traditional mail, not sure. social media. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just try to, when I talk to the kids, I just try to let them know, hey, I've been in your shoes. I understand what it's like to have people hounding you and everything wanting you to make a decision or wanting you to come visit. I know what that feels like, and that's not what 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 I want to project, and that's not what the universe of Iowa wants to project. So I just try to tell them, listen, you have to make a decision that's that's best for you. There's never uh, there should never be a feeling of pressure coming from us, and I don't want them to ever feel pressure from me. So I just try to relate to kids and let them know, hey, this is not a, a pressure packed situation. This is. Uh, hopefully it's a good fit for both of us, and, and you should feel good about it. Don't feel overwhelmed with this process. 
So when you're talking to a kid, and at some point, you obviously you have to talk about yourself. You're the running back coach and whatever. What 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 impresses them more, or do you think? I know it's still early, but I mean, your Iowa's number two all-time leading rusher, but you almost played a decade in the NFL. When you're talking to a kid, and they want to learn about you. Which one of those things do you mention first? <laughs> uh, oh, that's a tough one. I actually probably mention my time here at Iowa first, just because um, I'm usually right now I'm calling kids on behalf of the University of Iowa, so uh, it's a lot easier for me. And, and I'm not a salesman uh, by any stretch of imagination, so and, and I tell the kids that. So it's easy for me to talk to them about something that I believe in. I'm not telling them something I don't believe in. It's something I lived. It's something that, um, that I experienced myself. So I just try to relay that to them, and then that usually uh, slows into the NFL experience, and a lot of them want to hear about that as well. So it, 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 they both come up, but I think I lead off with Iowa and my experience here. When you talk about how much has changed with recruiting and what have you, I mean, has the game itself changed much to where are coaches looking at anything different from running backs that they were looking at back when you played? No, no. The evaluation process is, is still much the same. I mean, that doesn't change in terms of uh, – you know, what you're looking for. And that's really selective for every coach in every university in terms of what they're looking for that fits their schemes, what size, what speed. But what has really changed is, is like I said, the social media aspect of sure. it. And it seems to be a little bit more year-round. Um, I think it was a little bit, um, back when I was coming out, it was, you know, a little more time-limited uh, to certain parts of the year. Uh, nowadays, you really can't take time off in terms of recruiting, in terms of trying to stay on top of this stuff. So it's kind of evolved into like a, a year-round process almost, if you will. So when you're looking at a running back, is there one or two things that you look for right away? I mean, is, is speed an obvious answer to that? Or what do you look for when you're recruiting a running back? Well, actually, speed is not one of the, one of the things I look at. One, one of the things I look at first is, okay, how, how big is the kid? Okay. That's the first thing I'm looking at. And then from there, I'm evaluating how agile they are. What, what does their agility look like? Do they have the ability to make people miss? Are they tough? You know, are they, are they breaking tackles? Those are the things that I, I look for because a running back has to have agility, has to be able to change direction, has to be able to make, uh, uh, make moves and cuts in tight spaces. And if they struggle with that on the high school level, then they're definitely going to struggle with it at this level. So that's, that's, I look for the the change direction, the quickness, the agility type things first, uh, along with the size of the, of the player. How much do you look at ball security? I mean, do you assume a kid who has trouble fumbling in high school, is that something that could be corrected at the next level? It can be corrected, but uh, to be honest with you, just out of the, uh, just out of my short time period being, uh, recruiting, that's not something I see a lot because you got to remember, a lot of times I'm looking at, at highlight tapes. Sure, true. Those kids aren't going to put a fumble <laughs> yeah. on their highlight tape. Good point. So I don't see a bunch of fumbles, and uh, you know, if you watch the game tape, you may see one. But most of the times, I'm, I'm doing a, a pretty much overall evaluation, looking at their highlight tape, trying to see what jumps out. And, and so I don't see a lot of fumbles from there. And if and if I if I'm really interested in a kid, I'll talk to the coach, find out you know what kind of kid he is, if there's fumble issues, all those kind of stuff. Uh, that kind of comes later on. And as far as recruiting players from different parts of the country, I mean, do, do, like. You coached in Florida. Obviously, we've been told how good high school football is in Florida. I mean, just talk about um, how important um, being able to recruit in all different parts of the country is. I mean, you grew up in the Midwest, but obviously it takes players from all over to win. It does. Um, and you definitely want to have some, 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 some tentacles, if you will, some, some arms that reach out to other places. But I think for, uh, just from my limited understanding in terms of recruiting, you definitely want to – 
you know, cover that, you know, four to six hour radius from your university. You know, you want to really tackle those those states and those cities within that within that six hour drive. And then from there, you branch out to uh, different pockets to where you feel like you have some, uh, you know, some headway or you may know some contacts. But for me, uh, Florida happens to be one of those. You know, we, we recruit the Tampa area, uh, South Florida as well, which I'm not in South Florida, but, you know, we, we've had some players from Tampa and we have some pretty good relationships. So, you know, you definitely want to branch out and, and extend yourself all over the country if you can. So when this job became available, was it a, a quick, Hire. I, I don't want you to divulge in all the details or whatever, but was it a quick hire? Was it gradual? How, how did it how did it come to be? I mean, did Iowa make first make contact with you? What? How did that? Yeah. How did the whole process work out? Well, it, it wasn't quick at all. It was <laughs> it was it was one of those things where I had been in contact with uh, with uh, Coach Barrett and, and uh, Coach Wood. You know, guys that I know on the staff. Uh, just reconnecting, really. This was before the job even came available. Okay. Just talking, and, and I was actually reconnecting with Coach Fans just over the the ideas of maybe coaching um, uh, up at higher levels one day. Never really even thinking about the University of Iowa or, or had a specific place in mind. And lo and behold, uh, probably not even a month or a month and a half later, two job openings came open on the University of Iowa. So, yeah. Um, I, I threw my name in that. I went through the I went through the process like everybody else. I had to submit online and, and went through the HR department and interviewed with them first before. And I had to clear that that way before I was even uh, asked to come up by by Coach Barrett and the offensive staff. So it was it was a pretty lengthy process and a tedious process. I had to go through the, the process just like every other candidate. And I know you said when we talked to you. Oh no! I, I remember we talked to you about this during um, um, during spring practice when we had that Zoom call with you. And one of the things you were asked about was the stuff that happened last summer. I'm sure you researched that because I remember you saying you would not have come here and taken this job if you didn't believe in the direction under Kirk. How important was that for you? And how much of a was that part of the, the thought process when you were going through the hiring process? Well, it was, it was definitely a part of the thought process. You know, that was that was kind of the catalyst behind. Uh, me reconnecting with a bunch of my classmates and um, talking to them, and, and that kind of got me reconnected back to talking with uh, Coach Woods as well. Not even specifically about the whole uh, whatever was going on last summer, but just back talking to your classmates. Sure. You know, with uh, concern over what was happening. Uh, you know, just bridging the gap, catching up, and, and that snowballed into me talking to Coach Fans. Again, nothing to do with what happened last summer, but. Just me kind of extending myself, being uh, getting reconnected back with the university, making sure I was a part of things. And then, you know, who would have thought? But now, now back here coaching. It's, it's funny how things work out that way. No, it's a, it's a it's a neat story. It really is. And like I said, I think it's a great hire because I think it's important for Iowa to connect to its past. And you're a big part of that past. I mean, I always marvel. I got to tell you. Um, you ran. I mean, you ran for some of the toughest yards I've ever seen in Iowa running back run for I mean you were there during a tough time I mean 99 how much does that help you how much does that help you become the player you were I mean because those yards you earned in 99 and 2000 were tough I mean and do you ever would you ever see yourself maybe talking to your players about overcoming adversity and kind of maybe going over some of the stuff you had to go through as a Hawkeye I, I do I actually talk to them about some of that stuff now um, and it definitely helped me out through my career um kind of along the lines of the recruiting question you asked me earlier. Um, I had to learn to make moves and, 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 yeah. and 
uh, make people miss in tight spaces and break tackles uh, early on in my career. So when I got to the next level, uh, tight windows and tight spaces was nothing new for me. I was used to that. Uh, but I talk to the guys in, in the room about that kind of stuff now. You know, you have to be ready for anything and everything and understand that uh, everything that you get, whether it's on the football field or in life, it has to be earned. And it's not going to be easy. But don't just don't let previous success uh, lull you into thinking that it's always going to be that way. You have to continue to work and, uh, and work at this thing. And there's a lot of people that have come through this program that have paved the way uh, for this program to be as stable as it is now. And that's a credit to, to, to Coach Vance and, and the kind of guys that he continues to do. You know, how frustrating was it to miss your last game, the bowl game? I remember we were, we felt so bad for you. And then did you see the 2002 team? Did you see that coming? Were you surprised? I was not surprised, actually. Um, there was game, There were games that my senior year that I felt like we should have won. Like the Iowa State game, I felt like we should have won my senior year. And there was a couple others that were pretty close. I know we battled Wisconsin that year and we ended up losing. But um, I, I, I knew... The old line was really starting to come around. Those guys were were, were getting bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, I knew Brad Banks was coming back, and he had already shown flashes that year. So I wasn't I wasn't overly surprised by what I saw, and uh, you know I followed him closely. I was still close with with Fred Russell, who took over after me. I, you know I was kept in contact with him all the time. He used to call me all the time when I was a rookie in the NFL, telling me how he was going to break my break, <laughs> break my. <laughs> single yards uh, record that I had. No, it wasn't a single yards record for the school, but just for the season. Sure, sure. So we, we, we joked around, and I even went to the bowl game down there in Orange Bowl, so I, I was there at it. So I remember the whole process, and I was, it was fun to be a part of it. You know, I wanted to ask you, has, has Kirk changed much? I mean, to us, he hasn't changed at all, us in the media. Is he pretty much still the same coach that he was when, he was, when you were playing for him? He is. He, he really is. It, um, and that was one of the things that, that was really surprising to me because, you know, I, he and I hadn't really spoken at, at great length in, in years. I mean, probably over a decade. So to talk to him on the phone, like I said before, the, the job even came about. We just talked just to catch up. And then when I came on, uh, on the interview, well, probably two months later after the job came open, you know, we sat down and had breakfast. And it was just like, it was, it was kind of surreal. It was like, Sitting there talking to my old, uh, I guess I was talking to my old coach again, but and now here I am, a grown man, you know. So it was a cool experience, and it's been it's been fun so far. So did you know before you left Iowa City that you had the job, or how did you find that out when they when they you were the choice? No, I did not know. Um, I don't even know what order I was in in terms of coming on an interview. I know there was uh, a few candidates. I know there was a ton of people that applied for the jobs. Uh, before we even, before they whittled it down to the people they were going to bring in in person. But um, they were up front with me throughout the whole process and told me, you know, obviously we're going to interview more candidates. we got more guys coming in and we'll keep posted. Because fans kind of kept me posted along the way. And uh, it might have been two two or three weeks later, maybe two weeks later, I think uh, it became official. Maybe something like that, two to three weeks later after I so what was your kid's reaction? I mean, you've, you're li you've been living in South Florida, and hey, I love Iowa City, don't get me wrong, but South Florida and Iowa City are a lot different. I mean, how did they handle this? This is a big move. It is, and, and they actually haven't really had to adjust to it yet. My kids are still in school down in South Florida. Okay. But, but um, I was just there this past weekend, and my wife and I, we continue to talk to them about it. Um, and, and they're excited. You know, I talked to my my our oldest ones, you know, that, that they kind of understand a little bit more. And we're excited about it. They, you know, they, 
they talk about being able to see snow on Christmas, something that they haven't had the opportunity to see. And uh, and my kids have watched me coach. They've grown up with me coaching. So they're excited to get a chance to meet the, meet the football players. And I told them, hey, maybe we can have them running back over the house for for, for dinner or for, uh, for barbecue or something one day. And, they, you know, they get all excited about those kind of things. So, they're you know, they're looking forward to it. It'll be a, it'll be a huge adjustment for them. But they, I think they're excited. Oh yeah, Big Ten football. I mean, it's a nice life. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's been fun covering it for, for all these years, and it's. I mean, it's a, it's an exciting time. When you look at the Big Ten now, I mean, there's 14 teams in it. Are, is it a lot different than when you played? Um, or in a lot of ways, it is. But the game itself doesn't seem like it's changed a ton, has it? still feel like it's, you know, obviously it's one of the premier conferences in the country. Obviously it's one of the power fives, but uh, the, the conference hasn't changed much. you still got the, the main stage. you got Ohio State, you've got Michigan, you've got Iowa, you've got um, uh, Wisconsin. You know, you've got the main stage that are always kind of in the mix. Uh, Michigan State will pop up from time to time. Uh, but the, the conference hasn't changed as a whole. Just a few new additions, a few new faces. Um, you know, Penn State's still there. We still play Penn State tough every year. And, you know, it's it's just a, it, it, it's a great conference. I grew up around this, this neck of the woods in the Big 12, Big 10 country, you know, uh, being a Kansas City kid. So I'm partial to this, this type of football. And Iowa uh, football, in my opinion, hasn't changed. I don't think the conference has changed a whole lot either. So looking back, who was your second choice for college in the recruiting pro? Who'd you pick Iowa over? Okay, that's what I thought. That couldn't have been an easy decision. I mean, Bill Snyder was starting to soar. I mean, what was it that finally gave Iowa the edge? You know, I, I came on my visit to Iowa first, and it was just I, – I, people ask me that question all the time, and I really can't put uh, put it into words. It was just a feeling I had, and I, and I tell I tell recruits that all the time. You know, you, you'll know when you know. Uh, everybody's going to try to pressure you, and everybody's going to try to sell you something. But when you get on that campus and you – and you walk around the, the building and you meet some of the players on the team, in my opinion, at least for me, it's just the feeling that you have, you know, whether it's uh, with the coaches and the, and the coach that's recruiting you. And, you know, when Coach Fry was here, he was just charismatic. And the players, I thought it was, a, a, you know, a solid group of guys. And guys like Anthony Heron that were in my class and Khalil Hill and, and uh, Kyle McCann and list goes on and on, Jason Baker, all those guys, we just kind of bonded uh, when we were on, on a trip and we decided to all come. Oh, it's a neat story, and it really is what college football is all about. And I got one last – I wanted to ask you, are, are you concerned about what the transfer portal is doing? I mean, I just read a story by ESPN about, I mean, coaches saying – I mean, are coaches talking about tampering? How concerned are you about the transfer portal? Honestly, I'm not concerned about it, and that's probably because I'm, I'm, I'm new to this. New to it. It's not something I've had to deal with in the past, so I'm kind of walking into it. This is, for me, it's like it's always been that way. Okay. So I don't really have much of an opinion on it. You probably have to talk to some of the coaches that have been around and have, haven't had to deal with that or are starting to deal with it and understand the, the ins and outs of it. Because for me, it's not really uh, something I've had to deal with or really know much about. It just, it just is what it is for me. Okay, and one last question. How much do you just enjoy being around the other run, the running backs and being around these kids? Because it seems like whenever I talk to coaches, whenever they retire or they get away from, they're like, the thing I miss more than anything is just the day-to-day -day being around the good people. How much are you enjoying that right now? Oh, I love it. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the part of coaching that, that I think, one of the aspects of coaching I really love. You know, you get a chance to, 
you know, be around some of these young athletes and, and, and remember that I would, you know, I tell the guys all the time, I, I was, I'm actually one of you. I'm just a little bit older now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I was in your shoes. I, I did exactly what you did. So uh, you get enjoyment out of that. And for a guy that, that can't play the game anymore the way he used to, uh, it's about the only way that I can really be a part of it the way I, uh, and it gives me excitement and, and it still gives me chills to this day. So that's part of the reason why I love coaching. I love helping uh, young men try to develop into the players they want to be. Well, Adele, it's a great story. I mean, I know so many people are excited to have you back here. I think it's a great addition to the program. Thank you for your time. And now I guess June's a big month for recruiting, so good luck with that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. You bet. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Alright, bye. 1-800-800-ROSE 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE It's so easy, just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE Remember... Hi, this is Bill Eichsring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style breakfast Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyok home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyok family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyok Inn in the heart of Amana. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional, transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. You see the same people there greeting you, and they know you. I think of my cell phone. There's not a big distinction there from family to customer. Deary Ford in Iowa City. That kind of relationship that goes deep. Taking care of you, taking care of your vehicle. It's just that growing list of friends, frankly, that uh, that's kind of been the big payoff for me. The ownership experience is going to be four or five plus years. We have to be there for you. Deary Ford in Iowa City. See why people choose them over and over again. DearyFord.com. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. Car won't steer? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. 
Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventive maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry, as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. Hey, everybody. It's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert. And I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite tv experts for a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime find it at our family-owned jewelry store in iowa city Pertine and stocker jewelers we can show you diamond engagement rings colored stones fashion jewelry and watches our jewelers are on site so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life we are Hertine and stocker serving iowa city and the surrounding area for three generations Hertine and stocker jewelers downtown iowa city and Hertine and stocker jewelers.com ask for willa terry tim or kate one of us is always there KCJJ Weather brought to you by the Iowa City Burger Hall on the Ped Mall. It is going to be sunny and warm today. Our high right around 80 this afternoon. The wind northwest at uh, about 5 to 15 here through the day today. Tonight, clear this evening. Clouds will gradually increase late tonight. Our low down to 57. Tomorrow, cloudy, cooler, and breezy with rain and thunderstorms likely. We could get between a half inch and an inch of rain tomorrow through tomorrow night. Our high tomorrow, only 65. Friday's high, 58. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now it's 71. Hawkfanatic.com. So we are back. Good interview there with Liddell. Some interesting answers. Yeah, there were. I thought he put a lot of thought into it, and I thought his answers about what they look for in running backs was mm-hmm. interesting. I did too. And speed is not a top, top priority, but the ability to make people miss. And I thought it was funny when Liddell said, if there's anyone who can teach a guy how to run through tight windows of Tim after what he ran through at Iowa. <laughs> That's for sure. And that, he said that helped him in the NFL, though. I mean, because the windows get smaller when you move up a, a level. And he ran through so many tight windows at Iowa, he was sort of used to it. And those windows close faster. They do. And that he said that helped him 
last in the league. So, so yeah, no, I enjoyed doing that, and it was a little different setup, but it worked out okay. It did. Our, uh, uh, by the way, uh, week five when we play Maryland, that's been moved to Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Not happy. So that'll undoubtedly be Friday prime time, I'm guessing. So that leaves means you leave on Tuesday as opposed to Wednesday, right? To go well, to Maryland. Well, if we for if we end up going, you should leave on Monday. I should. You should leave on the Monday prior. The week prior. So, I mean, two weeks? Go out? to spend two weeks on the Maryland shore eating crab cakes and drinking. God. Anne would love the crab cake yeah, part. I, I well, and the too. drinking part, too. Yeah. I love crab cakes. I've been on the Maryland shore. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Maryland's an interesting state. I have not been on you, the Maryland campus ever. I've a, been near it. I have, I've never covered anything there yet. I mean, the last time we went there, I think Tyler went to Maryland. I think it was him. Yeah. I think you're right. I don't think I and did. I don't I, know why I remember that. I've not been, I've not covered an event. Now, I did cover Iowa basketball versus Maryland Big Ten ACC when they played in a, they played in Baltimore. Hmm. I believe Alfred was still the coach, or maybe it was Licklider, I can't remember, but I flew in that day around Did two the coach o- have his head in his hands I ever? I can't remember. I cannot okay. remember who was the coach, but I remember Terrence Morris was on, but it was maybe the year after they won the national title, like 02, hmm. but I flew into Maryland into Baltimore that I got there about two o'clock that afternoon took a went right to the hotel checked in went across the street and ate at a restaurant went and covered the game came back went to bed boom and I was out by six o'clock the next morning I was so I landed there around 2 30 in the afternoon and was out by 6 a.m so how many how long was I there you were there for f- almost 14 14 and a half hours. yeah I mean I just I mean all I did was I mean I got to go over and spend about an hour or so sitting and I remember I I did not like the crab cakes I tried them because we were literally right by yeah and they just, crab cakes don't agree with me. And I know you probably hate them. I do. I absolutely love them. I know people that love them. And I like some seafood. I do. But, man, the crab cakes, were just, it was not good. Can I, I got to go to this CNN hey, report. this is your show. It's another, another shooting. Well, we have this sad and all too familiar breaking news in America today. News of a shooting near downtown san jose california south of san francisco there police are responding to it they say that it is still an active scene there we have no confirmed information yet on the number of casualties that an aerial view of the site of this shooting again police responding they say it is still active cnn as well is sending a team there as we get information on the number of victims the status of the shooter we will bring it to you Familiar headline in America. What were there? 13 mass shootings? 13 mass shootings. Last weekend. Last weekend. 13 mass shootings, meaning four or more. Jesus. You have to have at least four shots. That's just ridiculous. Not necessarily killed, but but shot. But yeah, no, it's, it's sad, and but it's just life as we know it. Life and death as we know it, I should say. I guess. But let's. Are we gonna, I guess let's. Yeah. Uh, okay. are, we, are we veering out of lane? Yeah, that's yeah, out guess. of lane. But I mean, that's what we. It's news. It's yeah. news, and it's sometimes what we do. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I had an interview. I mean, they um, Iowa announced yesterday the hiring of Jason Manson as the yeah. new player, and I I wrote a column. I think it's a great hire for lots of reasons, and I don't think his skin color was why Jason got the job. But I did write that I think the fact that he's black helps under it the. It doesn't hurt. And I had I got attacked by some Hawkeye 
I mean, who just says that cheapens the product. By, no, it doesn't. Why? I don't think it does at all. It's just recognizing the delicate circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are unusual circumstances at Iowa. Jason Manson was qualified regardless of skin color. All I said was the fact that he's black makes it, I think it's going to help. I'm going to help them help their culture evolve because that's what apparently it needs to do. Yeah. I mean, they got rid of their strength coach and I think they're, and I think it is moving in the right. That's all I said, but that shows you though, how sensitive of a topic it still is. And there, I am getting a sense. There is a certain part of the fan base that just wants to move on from that. And they get, they roll their eyes when they hear it. Well, you can't. And you can't. It's an it's an ongoing situation and a uh, evolving situation. Yes, that's going to, to continue to impact the football program and good and bad ways. I, but I do I do see some positive signs. I mean, um, I mean the Liddell Betts hiring. They got Broderick Benz. Half their staff is African American. I mean there there's a lot of good things that shows maybe that the culture, and I'm not saying the culture needs to be overhauled, but there's obviously were issues. I mean, you can't yes. just dismiss what happened. But no, I think the Jason Manson hire was great, and I always liked him when he was here. He was very nice, very, he always respected the media, and let's face it, he could have left. He was, he came here as a pretty highly sought mm-hmm. recruit from Bloomfield, Connecticut, and other, started one game. I mean, he, was, he was basically a backup the whole time, but he stuck it out. I think that says he something. He st- uh, played the Iowa State game. Well, the Syracuse game. Um, he did play the Iowa State game after second half. Yeah, take got it, but the Syracuse game was the game he started, and they won. But he didn't play that well. Remember that was the well. The that was the goal line stand. Goal line stand. Thing. But he stayed here. He graduated from here, and I think that earned a lot of respect in Kirk's eyes. And if you look at his resume, he's tailor made for this job. I mean, he's done coaching, he's done mentoring, he's done administrating. I mean, he's done everything to build himself up for this job. And part of this job is when these kids get here and join the team, he helps ease with that transition away from football too. And I just think it's a, it just to me, it looks like a home run hire. Well, I haven't been back to Iowa State since that game. That was um, 05 when Tate got yeah. hurt. Uh-huh. The yeah, and Tate's injury did not help, but they were getting pounded before that, that remember when Tate? That's the game uh-huh. he yelled at. Remember when he yelled at Moyaki? Uh huh. That, that was just not a good day. No, they it got sure twenty-three wasn't. to three. And that was uh, at the tailgate. We had an Iowa State fan come up, a racist Iowa State. Oh, fan. I remember you telling that story. Yeah. So I didn't know you had an N quarterback, and their quarterback was black as well. So and really good. And really good. And but, the difference. Yeah. Well, you know, 05, but I don't no, want to deal no, with that. No, 05 was Brett Meyer, right? That was not Seneca Wallace. It was Brett Meyer. Yeah, I mean, they, what's funny is Seneca they, was 02. Yeah, they had yeah, 01 and 02. Yeah. They had a black quarterback for a big a big run of uh-huh. McC- McCarney stay there. And that does seem kind of... What did you say to the guy? Uh, just saying, well, you know, we don't, we're not dealing with this. You was he drunk? Move along. I don't know. I don't... That just know. seems like a weird thing to say when his quarterback was also. Well, it, it was a weird thing to say, and we didn't want to have to deal with it, so we tore it down don't. and got the hell out. What yeah. Wrangler do? Uh, Wrangler wasn't there. What would she have done? Uh, just I don't know. Distanced herself from him. You don't think she would have lashed out? Don't think so. Lived up to that Wrangler. Might have. Wrangler's Jan would have. Hard to say. What would Jan have done? Uh, she would have put him in his place. And How so? It, it wouldn't have been good. Like, like kick him in the groin. Anne not going to get physical with him, but I mean. Anne tends to be non-confrontational. Yeah. Then how'd she get the Wrangler nickname? Uh, I can tell you the story. It's because my brother-in-law got it wrong. Her nickname was actually is 
was actually Rattler because she has kind of a quick hair trigger temper sometimes. So her nickname was Rattler, and my brother-in-law got it wrong and bellowed Wrangler. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there you go. There's the story. Now, that's the rest of the story. Okay. But no, I thought that was a good, I, I just think that's a good step. It just, it looks good on paper. I mean, he's very qualified, and the fact that he's a former Hawkeye quarterback I think it's great. I th- it just and he sounds. I mean, he, he checks sounds all the like boxes. a great representative. Yeah, he does. I mean, I mean and he was good. He was a good kid when he was here. He just. I just remember him being a good kid, and and I think Kirk, in some ways, is showing. Hey, I appreciate everything you've done. So he'd be in his late thirties now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's what, thirty-seven it's, or eight, something like that. I mean, his last year was 06, 15. Yeah, it's like something like that. I believe he's got three kids and. But I, yeah, I just think it's a good hire. And but I knew by mentioning race that some would get, uh, some were, some just were debating, but some were just like, oh, it's ridiculous. You're just making this uh, all about. It's all about. No, it's not all about race, and that's not how I wrote it, you know. But some people will just see something, and they'll just take a narrative and run with it. People are just. It's that cloak of an- anonymity for most of them, you know, and it's just. No, and it's just this all or nothing mentality. You're either on our side or you're not on every issue. You can't go back and forth on something, you know. I mean, you yeah. can't. You either got to be all in or you're or you're all out. It seems like with so many things now, and that's never been me. No, I just got a, a Facebook thing. I I mentioned a. A couple days ago, just you know, I'm sick of the fighting in the Middle East, and that I and I said the Palestinians should have, you know, a country, some place to, no, to absolutely. Be. I've been saying and, that for years. Yes. Well, and then you know, some guy goes anti-Jew. Hey, you're, you're Jewish, and you're uh, sticking up for the Palestinians. Jesus yeah. Christ! And I'm sick of the. I'm sick of the. the they're the same people. They're the killing each other. Yes, yeah. it's been going on for decades. And yeah. I remember when I moved. When I went to Drake in centuries. Early, even yeah. when I went to Drake in the early '80s, I met a lot of a lot of my good friends. Ended up being Jewish kids from the Chicago suburbs. I mean, it just happened to be. I mean, probably if I took my ten best friends in college, probably six of them were Jewish guys from the, just because we had a lot in common, music and. What have you? And I remember them back in the early '80s telling me, you know, unless we at some point realize that we have to concede a little bit, we're never, it's, we're never going to have peace. Well, That's what they were saying 40, 35 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's ridiculous. When I got married in uh, in October of '73, October the sixth, the Yom Kippur War yeah, broke out. The Six Day War. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's I mean that's 50 years ago it's almost. Just ridiculous. But no, I was surprised by these guys saying, "Hey, you know, we love." I mean, they they were proud. Jews, but they also just said that unless we acknowledge Palestine and give them something, mm-hmm. we're never going to have peace. Well, they're all Semites. They're all the same people. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... It, <laughs> it's just... It's a tribal... But yeah, there's tribal a sea, warfare. There's a ceasefire right now, right? And just because, yeah, just because I'm Jewish doesn't mean, doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, oh, that's great, they're killed. You know, it doesn't yeah. work like that. But there's uh, a ceasefire going on right now, right? Yes. Yes. So, but so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just unfortunate, but it's been it's been going on for so long, and they don't have a transfer portal. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You got Palestinians transferring to Israel, <laughs> to Israel and Israel transferring, to- and they don't have to sit out right away. They can just get right on the streets yeah, and start attacking and each start other. Start attacking. Hello. We kid because we care. Hello. I was going to ask, how come the university has never given you any 
contract to run any of the baseball games or softball games. Now, Anthony used to carry the softball games. Yeah, way yes. back when. Yeah, that was before the network, and they they signed uh, with Learfield, which is now IMG College Learfield or whatever. And they've got a contract with them. Uh, we actually seriously outbid for that contract because uh, I had uh, a lawyer a friend of mine, and we were going to split whatever we made, and he had a lot of jack. Uh, and Tom can bear it. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. And we outbid them, and then we just weren't. They wanted WHO and WMT, and we just weren't the right fit, they said. Even though we outbid yeah, but them, nobody, nobody is carrying the the cell phone games or the the. I think KXIC carried one softball game, but they used to carry the baseball games when Brett was there. Yeah. But I there's none of them on now, and they don't even carry them when they don't run in in. in uh, Trouble with the Cubs before they yeah. always take the Cubs over them. I actually but. reached out to the university last week, Karen, to see if we could somehow carry the softball games. And all the gentleman said was, he said, I have passed this up the ladder. So, yeah. Which, and means, which means it'll go to die, probably. Yeah. But In other words, nothing. Because- probably. When when you sit there and say I'm the university station and then you don't carry the mm-hmm. g- games to me that's not being the university well, station. It, it isn't. They don't want to. I mean, it would come down to paying someone to run the board. There. Yeah, to run the the control board, and they, there's nobody in that building. It's, well, I know because they'll put it on a timer. And then the and then you'll be in the middle of a, a Cubs game and the timer runs out and they go to these guys on Fox and yeah. who wants to sit and listen to that? Nobody and nobody's doing it. Then <laughs> yeah. they're not. No, they're not. Uh-uh. They're not doing it. No. Um, yeah, they don't time out the games and then they leave it in the sixth or seventh inning. Oh, I. Well, I and enjoyed then, it back when uh, Anthony was carrying them because. Yeah. yeah. I'd go over and talk to him afterwards, and anyway, I thought somebody should be carrying them. I mean, come on. Well, we'd love to have them. Yeah, we'd love to have them. You know, that's all. We'd love to have wrestling. They got wrestling at night uh, during the winter on Thursday nights when we could carry it. It wouldn't interfere with anything, but, uh, and you can't get kicks. I see at night. I mean, we'd love to do that. And we got a heck of a signal. Yeah, so I mean, it's. I don't know. So they just kind of put you in the doghouse. Yeah. Well, they they just have a contractual agreement with... It, uh, it means more to have... They wanted WHO and WMT. And fair enough. Yeah, uh, You know, and that's... Though WMT ain't all that great at night either down here. Well, no, and, not, and sometimes WHO isn't either. That's right. Well, I get WHO uh, at night better than I get WMT at mm-hmm. home. Yeah. But, I mean, no, it's that's just the way it is, and... So yeah, well, I mean, we enjoy going to the baseball games and listening to the commentary while I was watching it. And sometimes you pick up things that you don't normally mm-hmm. see what's going on. But now they don't even have any of that. And I thought, what is with this world? Well, we would uh, be interested, and uh, I, I just don't know if it, it probably is violates their exclusivity with. I guess. 
IMG College or whoever the, yeah. whoever it is. Yeah. Well, get in there and fight, guys. We, we would love yeah. to. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks, Karen. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Another thing they said is that because we're 1630 and the gym class is on 1600, it just taints the whole end of the band. Yeah. Is that a shot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't made one in a long time. No, you've, you've left the well, gym class alone. We're 30 more. <laughs> There's 1,600. We're 1,630. Yeah, we're 30 you, more. You've moved on from the gym class. <laughs> or so I thought. Does that mean we get 30 more calls a show? Is that... <laughs> well, we get a lot more calls a show. That's for sure. <laughs> so let's them, see. Some of them aren't the greatest, but they're still calls. They're still calls. Yeah. <laughs> let's see what. Anything since Monday... Uh, Basketball-wise. Did we talk about Bohannon getting beat up Monday? Uh, had, we, had that come out yet? I think it, I, it, it was starting to. Yeah, I guess beat up. So I mean, he got, he got I mean, punched. He got daffied, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, he got a serious head injury. Yeah, I mean, it's not a laughing matter. And I, last I saw, no charges or nothing's been brought to the police. You know, the thing that... I don't get people, and I, you know, I don't care if you look at social media again. Well, he mouthed, probably mouthed, probably mouthed off, or yeah, still assault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care if he might. He can. It, you're free to mouth off. Mm-hmm. It's a free country to mouth off. It's not a free country to assault somebody. No. And I get a kick out of the people. Yeah. Like, God, he's 24. What's he doing in Iowa City? I, I, I think there's a lot of... Tw- I don't it think was a bachelor party. Plus, I don't think Jordan Bohannon's the only 24-year-old in an Iowa yeah. City bar. That's not that old. So it's not okay for an Iowa basketball player of age to go to a bachelor party. Is that what I'm to believe? Well, I just saw a lot of what's he doing at his yeah. age in a bar. I know. Well, I mean, I just he's not that old. <laughs> he's 24. There's, a, there's people that are 50 and 60 in the bar. It's too. not just 18 and 19-year-olds <laughs> with fake IDs in these downtown bars. Yeah. I doubt there's... Very, I'm guessing most of the people in the bars are 21 and over, aren't they? Yes. I mean, they do. Don't they screen and try to keep under? Pretty, pretty much. I, I mean, mean, I know it's hard to do. Yeah, but I mean, we have you know the police reports and they show that they're popping the kids, sure. and sending them out. So I mean, it, it's no. Why wouldn't he be in a? He's the strangest, 24 and he's single. The strangest thing about that whole incident was how so many. I guess they're Iowa fans. It seems like a lot of Iowa fans took a lot of pleasure in him getting hit. Yeah, that's what. Really yeah, I don't I, like that. That's, that's what I really found. Well, that's amazing. what I. I don't get it. And I've, the narrative I've seen is, well, he he deserves this. He's got a big mouth, and yeah, he is pretty opinionated. He does set himself up for ridicule, at times, but I don't think there's anything that you can say now. If he let's say I let's say he had spit on that guy's face, boom. Okay, you're open game to get punched, but. I didn't see any of that. No. It looked like whatever he did to instigate was done with words, and that's still not grounds to hit somebody. No. no. And it looked like a sucker punch. It did. Now, my advice to Jordan Bohannon is bar fights are different than making threes, and I, don't, I think he's built more to make threes than he is to get in fights in bars, so I would be careful. I mean, especially now, he seems to, I mean, with his podcast out, he's got a target on his back for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Iowa fans are, Pissed at the way he played against Oregon, and they hold that against him because that's another narrative that gets brought up right away. I mean, yeah, he did have a really up and down season. Yes, he did. But uh, he could have been seriously hurt, and well, that's... it's ridiculous to to root for a guy getting hit. Yeah, I don't get. That's what I don't get. 
And there's yeah. a lot of them. I'm not exaggerating. No, you're no, not. I'd say no. underneath any thread, two-thirds of the yeah. comments, ah, he had it coming for him. He's a big mouth. Why didn't he grow up and start living his life? I mean, just all this. It's going to be an int- I mean, I'll tell you, man, if he struggles next year, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it could get ugly, don't you think? Uh, yeah. And if the team struggles and if he struggles. Team struggles. I mean, imagine what the students are going to do to him in Ames. Sometimes oh he, my God! Yeah, gonna... now he hasn't helped. And I someone I saw a, a tweet a while ago. I think from him saying, "Oh, maybe this time I'll leave my jersey there." So he asked for a lot of it. I mean, he is. Maybe he, they'll give the, his shoes back. Well, he likes if to they kick, win. He likes to kick the hornet's nest. If you know what I mean. Yeah, sure, he does. He really does, and he likes the attention. But the problem with attention is sometimes you get the kind of attention you don't want. Yep. But last I saw, um, I've seen nothing about charges being filed yet. And I think it was maybe Halas or somebody talked. To, is it Doug Brotherton from the Iowa City Police Department? Brotherton? Is it, I thought is it some, Mike? Is it yeah. Mike? But the last name Mike is Brotherton. Brotherton. I thought he was quoted in the Gazette as Mike saying Brotherton. nothing has been brought to them. They've, got, they've heard nothing on it. Hmm. So, I mean, there's a chance it made. But people know who hit him. I mean, and there's yeah. multiple people who know. And I'm sure, I'm, don't you think Jordan probably knows by now who hit him? I probably. Probably. So he might have known them. Well, he might have. They may have been there at the same function yeah. together. And he might not have said anything to the guy. Yeah, we don't the know. The guy just might have. Just. It looked. Eh, no, I, I don't want to. No, it looked like there was words being. I mean, there was enough. He had his cell phone out, and it looked like maybe the, he had a picture of the guy. I don't know what it was. But it looked like there was. Some there was something. Emotion going on. Yes. Something. But that's still. I mean, to take it from just talking crap at a bar to. Sucker punching somebody in the back of the head, that's a pretty significant step up. Yes. It's a big ex, uh, escalation. Big. But this may be sort of a reminder or an eye-opener for Jordan that for some reason he has suddenly got a target on his back. With, I, think, I mean, his decision to come back has been greeted with really weird emotion it really has well, and for some reason uh, a lot of the people don't like the his stance on the image and likeness and that stuff either and i don't know why people would care about that and now is that divided down political lines i haven't paid enough attention i am not necessarily okay not necessarily um My, maybe I'm, i've written about it. i don't really care if they pass it and they start making money off it great if yeah. it doesn't get passed i mean I think it's inevitable, though. I think if my only concern is if some states pass it and others don't, the states that don't have it will be at a disadvantage, yeah. a serious disadvantage. And Iowa's already at a disadvantage recruiting-wise. I mean, yeah, in, for, in for lots of reasons. Yeah. But you throw that in there, if all of a sudden Illinois and Nebraska get name, image, and likeness, and some kid's down to Iowa and Illinois, and I can go to Illinois and maybe sell my product if I become a star, I mean, that matters. Oh, sure it does. Well, and it's, you know... The compromise that they're talking about as well, they don't get it in college, but if, if they end up on video games or sales after college, that, that you know, they'll, they'll make The problem is their value, for most of them, their value disintegrates right after they yeah. leave college. Yeah. The only way their value increases is if they, stay in the NBA, if they make the NBA. Mm-hmm. Well, but the, they end up, well, they're in college on video games, and those video games still sell after they're, after they're gone. I mean, yeah. that's anyway the kind But don't they I, update those every year? Yeah, they no? just update them with new, more recent players. Yeah. I mean, a vid- let's say Bohannon's not going to play in the NBA. I think that's pretty obvious. Pro- I would think not. Do you think a video game with his likeness on it five years from now is going to be... He would, but he would be a fun yeah. video but they player would, uh, because he'd make shots from so far out. 
they then, would video. What I'm saying is, you're right that they update it every year, but there's still old ones out there. Oh, sure. Like, yes. You could have him making shots from everywhere, and then at one point he makes a shot, and then somebody comes out and sucker punches him. <laughs> Jesus. That type of video game? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> God. But no, it was just not. That, that was just not a good look. It was just, and you know, he's he's fortunate he wasn't hurt. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, no. He still went. Didn't he? Did he require an ambulance? I thought I read. I did, uh, what do you have? Five stitches in his head. Yeah. I mean, he hit him in the head. It's not. And it looks like he sort of hit him from either behind or from the side. Uh huh. And so I don't know. I am not like actively out trying. I mean, unless charges get filed. I mean, I don't know if you necessarily move on, but, I mean, if charges aren't filed... There's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. I mean, there really is nothing. And I haven't seen Jordan... I haven't reached out to Iowa to ask about talking to Jordan. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think... It, the best thing Jordan right now probably is not to talk about this thing in case... He hasn't put anything on Twitter. No, he hasn't done anything with his... But, I mean, at some point he'll do his podcast again. Do you listen to his podcast? I have never heard a podcast from anybody about anything. I've never I'm heard so, a podcast. I'm, I'm not quite as extreme as you, but I'm almost there. I don't. Well, you've heard the Michael Mara, but that's on the air. It's not. It's yeah, not, I, I've never heard it just yeah. as a podcast. So, how would you handle a whole afternoon of listening to podcasts and eating seafood? <laughs> well, I'd get sick for one. <laughs> A little salmon fillet. I mean, do a little salmon fillet and then um, some sp- spaghetti with red clam sauce. How would that go? Uh, no, well, that doesn't even sound good. To oh me. God, uh, red clam uh, spaghetti works used to have this red clam sauce that was so good. It was spicy. Oh, it was good. That's what made me think. Yeah, of. I can't eat any seafood. Uh uh-uh. uh Oh, I, like I said, I can or eat fish. some. I can eat. I can eat. Oh, you can't even eat like Long John Silver's fish. No, I get the, if I go there, chicken planks. Yes, yeah, I always get and the fish. And they're wonderful. Oh, I, I've always thought Long John Silver's chicken was dry, but man, their fish is good. Delicious. Their fish is good. Their chi- I always like their planks, but now you gotta, now you got to pay for the crumbs. Or drive to Cedar Rapids. And That's the, the only, yeah. The crumbs are worth it. The crumbs are like three bucks. A quarter? Bu- and I think I've, they're like three bucks. Are they really? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I've yeah. heard they're really good for you, though, the crumbs. Mm-hmm. Is that true? And I've heard the batter on the fish and chicken's really good for you. Yeah, well. Especially if you don't exercise. Because then it settles in your body in different parts and it just helps support your body. Yeah. Is there truth to that? Well, look at my ass. <laughs> oh, I'll admit, I love I, I loved Long John Silver's, but I'm glad there's not there one nearby. There is nothing on Long John Silver's that is good for you. No, not, well, how about the coleslaw? Not even the coleslaw? Coleslaw? No, coleslaw's got like... Mayonnaise and... Mostly coleslaw's got like 200 calories, but there's... I checked it once and it was like three... It'd be better just to get the fries. And they may stick their fingers in the coleslaw <laughs> and before then they, they serve got, it to you. Uh, the hush puppies are... Oh, those aren't good for you. There's no way. It's just batter. <laughs> yeah, fried fried bread. And it's got onions, though, so I don't like oh, them much. I love, I love... They're just too, too strong. Yeah. Hush puppies, I can eat them, but if you eat more than two or three, it's like they settle in your chest and it feels like someone just someone, got uh, heartburn big time. A business guy that I know. Uh, was going to put a Long John Silver's back here because we had. I one. think you got to do a million bucks just to you negotiate. You got to do. You got to have two and a half million dollars in your bank. Yeah, no, they're not easy. I mean, it that's used just to be a, crazy. Twenty, yeah. thirty years ago, it used to be a. I knew somebody who was interested, 
And they had to, this was in the late 80s. They had to have a million dollars in the late 80s. Think about that. Yeah. In the yeah. late 80s before they would even consider negotiating with That's you. That's like when I first came here, the Long John Silver's on, in, in Coralville. The one that burnt down? Yeah, it was burning down. I and, used to go there. And before the fire really got going, I was there for some reason uh, on the strip, and I was calling in stuff, and the workers were all standing around just like looking at it burn, and it just—I mean, nobody. I can't remember I didn't where it was. See anybody with a fire extinguisher? Right it was right by a car right wash. Right by the vine in the car wash there. Yeah, there was a car wash there. Where Sparties used to be. Yeah. Okay. And they just were standing. I said, and I said to one, "They anybody take out a fire extinguisher?" He goes, "I don't. I don't know where it is." <laughs> you know, I mean, the damn thing could have been a. That's what the fire chief at the time said. Well, I remember it burning down. I was disappointed because I knew they weren't going to get another one in. There's not been one back since, right? Uh-uh. Mm-mm. The no. closest is Cedar Rapids, right? Yes. Yeah. We and that's ate, the Williams Boulevard one? Yeah. We Which is kind of... When I went to uh, Dr. Forbes. Don't you find that interesting, though, that Iowa City and Corville cannot have a support of Long John Silvers? You would think they could. You would think they would be able to. Yeah. And a P.F. Chang. It'd be nice to get a P.F. Chang. I know... Never eaten at a PF chain. Oh, it's really good. You've been eating at. What do they have at the mall? Is that? That's Panda Express. Panda Express is on first. Well, they have one at the mall though too. They have a mall out. But they have. But PF Chang, it's really good, and um, Uh, that's Chinese. Kind of fancy, higher price Chinese, but yeah, it's it's really good. I love their kung pao chicken. It's, but when I first moved up here, I was amazed at what Iowa City didn't have as far. There was a while where we didn't have an Applebee's. We didn't have a Chili. We didn't have any of the stuff out by the mall. Mm-hmm. And they finally started getting some, some of that stuff. But it's, that was one of the big things when I moved up here. I was amazed at. Because like where my parents lived in West Des Moines, you drive down the street, there's a Biagi's, a P.F. Chang. There's everything you'd want just going down a three-mile strip. And up here, it's just hard to come by. Maybe this is someone from Long John Silver's. Yeah. You gonna take the call? <laughs> if I can get open my phone. <laughs> can't open my phone. <laughs> Why can't you open your phone? I don't know. I don't know. Are we going to get you a new phone tomorrow? So can you? Yeah, uh, we probably should. So can you hang up so it stops ringing? Oh, there it is. Phone, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't important. Was not important. You don't recognize the number? No. It's probably an auto dealership. Probably either that or what was the one yesterday uh, or two days ago? It was a new insurance thing. Cheap insurance. (laughs) Cheapinsurance.com. That's the name of it. Yeah. (laughs) Fills you with confidence, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, like I said... The, le- the less you pay up front, the more you pay during after a procedure, which I'm getting bracing myself for. Like I said, my out-of-pocket's six grand. So, I mean, they're going to get you either way. Oh, I mean, yeah. You're either going to pay more per month and less, mm-hmm. or you're going to pay less per month and then way more out-of-pocket. It's whatever you choose one to. Way, one way or another. One way or the other, they're going to get their, they're going to get theirs and what have you. But back to important things like Long John Silver's. Um <laughs> When did that burn down? Was that 20 years ago? Boy, it had to be. At least 20 years ago, wasn't it? I I think I was fresh here. 
Because was, wasn't was there, it in the nineties? Yeah. Didn't Jimmy Jacks used to be a Long John Silver's a long time ago? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think it may have been that when I moved up here in '91, or was it before that? I see. I don't remember. I don't remember it burning down. So I don't no, know. I don't think that one burnt down. It just no. got bought no. out. It just went out of business. Yeah. Captain Google, look up Long John Silver's three-piece fish dinner with hush puppies and fries. See how many calories that. Is. Let's guess on. I looked up a ten-inch. I would say uh, fifteen hundred and eighty calories. Right, I looked up a ten-inch Wigan pin pepperoni pizza calories. Thin crust, ten inch, and it was eleven hundred. It wasn't near as bad as I thought it would be. Eleven hundred's not. That's. But then, if you look at it, if you take a ten inch Wigan pen and if you would cut it into normal triangles, it mm-hmm. would be four slices of pizza. Nor four normal slices of mm-hmm. pizza, but they cut them into squares, so it makes it. It seems like you're eating more, but you're really not. The Wigs got good pizza. When's the last time you ate it? Oh. I've had pizza too much. Three, four weeks. I've had pizza three times in like the last two weeks. That's too much. I had it twice in a week. Just when you... We had pizza uh, coming back from Florida. Where? And it was damn good. It was in... um, Oh, you just went to a place you'd never been to on the way? Yeah, close to our hotel and they had delivery. I think it was called Mr. T's. And it was damn good. With thin crust? Uh Uh-huh. Damn good. What what town? Um, Chattanooga. Oh, okay. That's when I drove down to Florida. I went through Paducah, Chattanooga. I mm-hmm. remember I spent, I slept in the Smoky Mountains not far outside of Chattanooga. I remember I took like a four-hour nap. And then I remember getting back, getting waking back up and realizing I still had, from Chattanooga to Tampa, I still had a long way to go. You find anything, Captain? Yeah. What'd you say? Okay. 1,580 calories. I'm going to say three piece fish with hush puppies, fries, yeah. and a drink, yeah. or whatever. Um, I'll say, you say 1,550. I'm going to say 1,580. I'm going to say 1,750. 2,610. Oh, my God. Wow. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, what about that? Chicken you're, not, you're only supposed to have 2,000. 2,000 a day, between two and 2,500, <laughs> depending on how active you are, yeah. What about the ch 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 chicken planks? Okay, let me get it back again. <laughs> God, to think that you can eat, you can do that and get 2,600 calories, but to burn 400 calories, you have to walk six miles. Isn't that incredible? Well, that's why there's so many overweight people. That's right. The math just doesn't add up in our favor. Okay, chicken. But I'll tell you what, you put a three-piece fish meal in front of me right now, I'm eating it. Oh, give me chicken planks and fries, and they'd be gone quickly. Yeah, I'm, okay. uh, each plank is 150 calories. Oh, that's all? How about each bat- piece each of battered plank. fish? Okay. Does the planks have the same batter on them that the fish does? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's not that bad. No. Because I... Okay. I don't eat the hush puppies, so... The, uh, I'm guessing each hush puppy probably has 150 to 200. 200 for the okay, fish. Okay, so 600. So 600 for the three so, pieces of fish. So then 1,900 calories in come the fries, from the fries and the hush puppies. Well, if you get three, okay, you get that's 600. That's 600. 600. So and that's there's still 2,000 to go. <laughs> 1,900. <laughs> so is that in the fries and the hush puppies? It has to be. I guess maybe they figure in a, a a drink too. Maybe no, I bet they don't. Or maybe that figures the crunchies too. I don't know. But still, that seems awfully high. Yes, it does. Uh, okay. Where's 
Where is the fries? Fries. God, I'm hungry. I'm getting hungrier. By the time by the time we get Quinn early on, I'm going to be eating my fingers. And we're going to talk to Quinn about a number. The main thing I want to talk about this documentary. The fries have a 1,383 calories. That can't be. Well, I, how big of an order? But it says I'm looking at their own nutrition guide. But I wonder though if they're t- if the, if you oh, can, it's a family service. That's okay. That, uh, okay. Oh, okay, that makes sense. They, uh, they don't. Okay, individual 350 crumblies, one ounce of crumblies. So that twenty six hundred must include a family. One hundred and sixty calories. I mean, we're I mean, well, the, crum- the crumblies are great. We're just yeah. now barely up to a thousand for the three piece fish dinner. Yeah. You've got the six hundred from the fish, well, and then they put chicken planks in there. Okay, is so it, the fish it, you can yeah. so the fish dinner looks like it's probably about a thousand calories. Uh-huh. That ain't horrible. That's half of your day. Well, I'll tell you what. If I ate Long John fish dinner at like two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm probably not eating again. I mean, it just it. Well, ain't. if you have enough, it's just of chaos that with the grease. It's chaos. You don't need to do the preparation for the uh, colonoscopy. colonoscopy. <laughs> so you think if you went into to do your colonoscopy and you t- admitted the day before that you would eat John, Long John Silver's, you yeah. think they'd still perform the yeah, oh, colonoscopy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I had Long John's for lunch, and then oh, I had a big okay, bowl well, of chili. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, we're You're good. Fine. And I had yeah. a big bowl of chili right after that and some donuts. Let's go. Where's that stethoscope or whatever? <laughs> the doctor's that camera. going, nobody light a match in here. <laughs> Hello. Pat, you kind of took it there. If you ate at Long John's for lunch, yeah, you, you. Oh my God, hold on a second. <laughs> this is what I hate about driving and being on the phone at the same time. Okay. Yeah, it'd be a speed cleanse. <laughs> Sorry, somebody just about took off. Okay, right, I, I get you. Have a good one. Go right. on. Speed cleanse. Well, so they either give you that the liquid stuff that you drink before a colonoscopy, or a three-piece yeah. um, fish dinner from Long John's <laughs> to clear your system, or McDonald's sausage. I've yeah. talked about this on the air before. Nothing goes through goes me straight quick. through you. Nothing goes straight through me quicker than McDonald's sausage. It's just like it's just a straight fast arrow. food. It's fast food. <laughs> fast food. Fast poo. <laughs> oh God, we still have 15 minutes till clear. It's the long. It's the long march. Yeah, get, next time, get two interviews. That Liddell Betts interview seems like it's another. Yeah, we should a run lifetime that, ago. Lifetime we should ago. Run it again. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's here. Tommy Lang. Hi. Hi, Tommy, Tommy Lang. Have you seen anything on on the uh, assault on Bohannon? Any oh. report or anything? Only thing I saw was the call to the uh, dispatcher that said there was somebody with a laceration that needed uh, medical assistance in front of DCs, which means there was probably an ambulance there. I don't know if he was actually taken away in it, but. Okay. Ambul- like I would think if he were taken away in an ambulance, somebody would have had and, uh, posted also, that. And also, if you watch the video, the guy recording it knows something is about to go down. So there was some talking. Oh, yeah. yeah. It looked yeah. pretty obvious there was some talking. That's why the guy started videotaping. He knew somebody was about to get punched. And then you saw the picture of Bohannon where he's sort of half-conscious, laying on the ground. Yeah, I think Iowa State Twitter for that. And um, there's a big, there's a hole in his sweatpants, but I've been told that that's the style. That that's not didn't mm-hmm. happen during yeah. during the altercation. That part of the style now is to buy sweatpants and put holes in them. Which, uh, part of the style, the jeans or anything. Is, I don't get it. And pay big I, bucks for them. I yeah. don't get it. I don't either. I did. I've actually seen some media members, uh, uh, um, some TV. Uh, 
wearing jeans and there's more holes and skin than actual yeah. denim. Yeah, and they cost more than normal jeans. What's yeah. the uh, what's the appeal to that? I don't. Well, you want to sure. blend in with the homeless? <laughs> I mean, I, I I've been accused of that, but it's not like I'm trying. It's just what I choose to wear. Comfort. I mean, but I don't get it. I, I always tear for some reason. My right knee always tears in blue jeans exclusively. Okay. And reasonably quickly. My left knee why. is, and Jan has this theory that there's something under this board, but you can see I never have my knees under the board. I never am that close to Yeah, uh-uh. So I, I don't know what it is, but my no. left one always tears first. Doesn't have anything to do with here because my right one always tears, and it's happened for decades. Well, that's why I don't get it. And then I throw them away. Well, we, I don't throw them away. We give them to but no, that's the goodwill style. and they patch them. I mean, them. girls and boys both wear them. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's one I just don't get. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like when my nephew back when the style, well, is the style still pushing them, your jeans way down below your butt? I remember uh, my nephew. Uh, did there's this. still some of that. My nephew yeah. did that in high school, and I just, I just didn't get it. Hello? Yeah, it isn't a real new fad because I remember a good while back something called shotgun jeans. They hang the jeans on the clothesline and shoot them with the real shotgun. <laughs> what the? I, that's the real thing. I remember that. <laughs> it's been a while. Wow. Thanks. I've never heard that. But, uh-huh. but I do see people at times, I'll say to myself, how are their pants staying up? You'll see, I'll yeah. see somebody walking in yeah. the high beat. And literally, their jeans are below their butt. And what is keeping their pants? If that was me, they'd fall down to my ankles. What Do they t- attach them to something? I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Uh, police are still re- responding, uh, uh, saying there's an active shooter situation in San Jose. Wow, that's been... Uh, some source, uh, a local TV station, says uh, somebody is... That they've got somebody, but... It's not verified by the other TV stations. And we've heard nothing about fatalities? No. Let's, we'll listen in quick, and then we'll get to the phone call. What is the very latest that you're hearing? Yeah, that's right. And we expect to hear more from authorities in about 11 minutes at a press conference uh, where we hope to get an additional update. But what we're hearing is sadly that according to the San Jose Mercury News, there have been fatalities in this shooting near uh, this Valley Transportation Authority uh, uh, light rail yard. Uh, We're told by the mayor that multiple people are being treated in his word. We also know from the Santa uh, Clara County Sheriff's Department that the shooter is in their words down. Now, we don't know uh, if he's deceased, if uh, or he or she is deceased or injured. We don't know if this person was fired upon by law enforcement or possibly uh, there was some type of self-inflicted gunshot wound here. We don't yet know all of that, but we are hearing from authorities that the suspect is down, which a law enforcement speak tells us that they do not believe that there's a lingering threat from this person. Again, we're hoping to have some additional details in just about 10 minutes time from authorities. This uh, incident occurring this morning uh, resulting in this large police presence, uh, businesses and areas in and around there going into lockdown to include uh, a middle school that's nearby. So obviously authorities and people taking this very, very seriously. But again, the top line's there for us. Sadly, we're hearing that there have been deaths, according to the San Jose Mercury News. Uh, we know that now the shooter is no longer a threat, according to the sheriff. We're going to learn more in 10 minutes' time. Josh is sticking here with us. Let me also bring in Anthony. Okay, um, here's the uh, Mercury News report. Multiple people are dead in a mass shooting early Wednesday near a light rail yard. Shooter is also dead, uh, sources are reporting. Uh, Multiple people dead and uh, several people being treated um, 
for uh, for injuries and people are blockaded from the area hello yeah so kind of a damper on my call <laughs> so i was sorry <laughs> offer white suitors john or his jeans rip on the right knee it's because okay. his junk hangs the right but i thought <laughs> Now it's kind of a bad time, so I'll, <laughs> I'll not comment. Thank you, though. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, we got to uh, get we sure. got we got to get the mood cheered up before yeah. we get Quinn on. But yeah, it's sad. It's just, but it's not even. It doesn't even phase me anymore, which is probably the saddest thing about it. Well, I mean, it's just. You I mean, know, I remember when Columbine came. I was glued to the television. Now I change the channel. Someone I see. It's just, and I feel bad, but it's just. It's life as we know it now. Yeah. And well, and then you got sucks. states passing laws that you don't even need permits anymore. You don't need training. Or oh, yeah. And I, or, by tonight, this will be and left Iowa. and right arguing about gun laws. It's the same yeah. thing after. Yeah. Every yeah. I every shooting. I won't turn on news tonight because that's exactly what it'll be. You're, you're it'll be exactly. Right yeah. It'll be the left saying ban guns. It'll be right saying ban criminals. It's not the gun. I mean, it's just. Well, the problem with that record. argument is with the left is. People on the left have a lot of guns too. True. I mean, this is true. That's why it doesn't really. That's why it doesn't go any. You hear the vocal left saying that, but uh, the majority of people in this country, no matter what their politic is, they want their guns. I mean, it's just a sad fact. That now they, you wait. Yeah. Now we wait to yeah. see what the reasoning was behind this attack. Was this a? I mean, yeah. Is it just a random psycho who did, or lots of times these yeah. shootings, there's a connection. It, it, a connection, usually a disclosure, often a job-related. Or relationship often. rejected, yes. something like yeah. that. It's usually something like that. Now, there are n complete nutcases, but like the, the racist that went in and killed the nine people at the church, I mean, he was there. What the that was not random. He was just looking for a place to kill black people. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what the... And I imagine something to do, us. and he said it was the rail yard. Yeah. So you're guessing a disgruntled railway uh, that employee? That would be my first guess. That would be I my first guess. I don't know, but. Yeah, but no, that, that's a logical assumption to, I mean, when I, so we're basically saying a place where people get on and off trains. Is that yeah. where this happened? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he just... Or maybe, if not people, then freight. Or maybe they picked it just because they knew it would be a high-traffic area, too. And no, so that's possible. That's yeah. possible, too. But yeah. it's just depressing. I mean, it's just beautiful day it's like very, this. Yeah, it just kind of sucks. just kind of brings you down. Well, sorry, but that's... Well, I mean, it's the news. It's the that's what we, we do. We bring, <laughs> we bring you down. I mean, we had that, and right before that, we were talking about Bohannon <laughs> getting sucker punched in a bar. Yeah. yeah Let's come up with something. Don't good. let yeah. it bring you down. Yeah. Um, let's talk about something positive, something fun. Think of well, something. we will when we talk to Quinn well, Early. Uh, Stevie Nicks turned 73 today. Yeah. That, and Captain, she puked on you, right? Yes. <laughs> she puked on me. Yes, that's my claim to fame. I mean, I think that's something we could talk about. <laughs> what? Well, then she was sick. Were you married she to Jan then? Yes. Did you take the shirt home and say, Jan, this is Stevie Nicks' Don't Hurl. ever wash this. Yes. And it's hanging it on your wall now. Hanging right. Yeah, I framed it. Was she sick or drunk? <laughs> no, she was sick. Okay. She was. She had been in a car, uh, and she, I mean, and she said they... Or on a, uh, not a car, a bus. And she said, you know, she had car sickness. Uh, no, she was sick. Okay. She wasn't, 
she wasn't screwed up at all. I think she was born on this day in 1948. Yeah. So that would make her 73, right? And she yeah. said, we will always have this moment. <laughs> Stevie Nicks, 73. Yeah. She just wanted to top your Linda Ronstadt moment. <laughs> yeah. Now, Linda Ronstadt, she, um, you puked on her, right? <laughs> no. No, we had donuts. Oh, they yeah. They were delicious. Yeah, donuts. Yeah, as they always are. You like donut suitor? Yeah, uh, not You're not really. a big sweets guy, are you? Not, not so much. You're not a big salt guy either, are you? Oh, yes. yes. So you like potato chips. Oh, my You'd God. You'd rather eat a bag of Highland potato chips as opposed to like a, a ho-ho? A hundred times a hundred. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, I would easy. rather eat potato chips than If I get donuts. a big bag of potato chips in our house, they, they are gone quickly. You know, I try to space them out, but it's no, you can't. Good. Yeah, no. see, that's why I don't get them because I'm the same way. I'll that's get like why a, we have not. We've stopped getting them because they're not good for you. Well, no. I can't. I can't. That slogan, you can't stop. Well, I can't stop. Yeah. So it's kind of like your heroin. Yeah. Oh yeah. I break it up. I crumble it. Put it on. Put it on the ever, TV tray. Do you ever inject it? Snort it. You don't ever inject it. No. And cook it down to a. No, on occasion. Okay. Uh, you know. Occasion of suppository. <laughs> Let's see. Um, any other sport? Oh, um, Alexa Noel did lose her yeah. her second round match. She won the first set. She got beat by, I believe it was Paris Corley from Louisiana State. Yep. And but still, she went twenty four and one, made it to the second round. And I, I hope she comes back for another year. And maybe getting beat in the second round. Well, it maybe. sounds like she might. Well, might Sasha said on. on the air last week that that's the plan for now. But she also was quick to say a lot can change between now and then. Right. We'll see. But I think this maybe shows, Alexa, there's a lot of really good players out there. I mean, that shows you, though, Big Ten tennis is good. But there's a lot of really good mm-hmm. tennis out there. Because she struggled to win that first match. And then she gets beaten in the second match. You know, she went to play ACC and SEC. Mm-hmm. I mean, so maybe this, maybe Alexa's saying, you know, I got some improvement I can do, and I really love college. It'd be neat if she came back for another year because I think she'd be enough to make Iowa a contender. Uh, sure be good for the program, but, yeah. Yeah, but 24-1, and one, congratulations. She is this week's Hawk Fanatic Athlete of the Week, sponsored by Shields and, um, and well-deserved. And now we got track, got the NCAA champion. Do they start? When do they start? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, they've been down there for a while. Some of it, um, some of it's been going, but we got. We'll see. What, interesting to see what track does, and um, I'm going to look up and see while I'm on here. You guys talk while. Okay. I'm... I've got Quinn Early on. You got Quinn? Okay. okay. Well, joining us right now is former Hawkeye great Quinn Early. Played for Hayden Fry, of course, uh, 1984 to 1987. Drafted in the third round by, I believe, the San Diego Chargers. Had a, a Great 12-year pro career, and uh, Quinn had just an amazing uh, resume and a, a career path, a stuntman and an actor, and, and now a documentary filmmaker. So <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about The Shoulders of Giants, uh, your uh, documentary about Frank Kenny Holbrook? Absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so- about a year and a half ago, I uh, was speaking with one of the producers for the Mal Kinnick movie that they were planning. And they, you know, we discussed uh, the possibility of me helping out with the film, either being the stunt coordinator or football liaison, that sort of thing. After I got off the phone, I just started doing my own research and went on the internet and saw this picture. 
of uh, a football team from you know way back when, and I was like, this is and then I noticed that there was a black kid in the picture, and I was like, what's this? And I clicked on it, having no idea that it was the 1895 <laughs> Iowa Hawkeye football team, and the kid in the picture was Frank Kenny Holbrook. So I started doing the research. I reached out to a couple of um, historians and you know just learned about his life. And what I did first was I wrote a screenplay based on Frank Kenny Holbrook's life. Uh, but then I started thinking more about it, and I said, you know what, I'm going to make a documentary. So that's what I did, and uh, it, it, it's been great. I, I've spoken to uh, many different historians. I was at the Tipton Historical Society. I went to the Black History Museum of Iowa. spoke to a couple of the uh, historic uh, faculty members there at Iowa. I got to sit down with Coach Ferenc, some of my former teammates, and it was just a really great trip when I came out to Iowa City. And... Uh, you know, I'm proud to say that the, the documentary is close to being finished. And awesome. I know that many people have seen uh, the trailer so far. If you go to frankkennyholbrook.com and just, you know, you can learn about Frank Kenny Holbrook and then also you can scroll down and uh, watch the trailer. And also what I'm doing is I'm using this documentary as a vehicle uh, to raise money for for my passion, which is raising money for Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to have uh, do some fundraisers. I'll be coming back to Iowa. You know, we'll do a premiere night with documentary. Um, you know, I'm going to do that in a few different cities. And uh, I'm just really excited about the whole project and, and really just trying to bring awareness to uh, his story. And I'll tell you, the best part is I got my ballot a few days ago for the um, Iowa Hawkeye you know, Sports Hall of Fame. And as I scrolled down and I was making my selection, Kenny Holbrook's name was on there. And I was really excited about that because, you know, a year and a half ago, I was really surprised at how many people did not know his story. So it's really, you know, his story is coming to light, and hopefully, you know, he'll end up getting the uh, – the credit that he he deserves for being a pioneer um, in the state of Iowa and for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And he was the the son of a, a runaway slave, which it just makes it even more interesting. And uh, it's it's fascinating. I really look forward to seeing this. Any idea, Quinn, when it might uh, be completed and available for viewing? Yeah, it, I mean, it'll be, it'll be completed within the next few weeks. Right now, we're just tweaking and going back and forth and just making sure that, you know, all the information is correct. And then also, too, it's a, it's a uh, compelling documentary, uh, you know. And, and I think the trailer came out great. I want the, the full documentary to be um, as, as, as great. So, you know, we're just working on that right now, and I'll keep everyone posted. And then, you know, I'll have some meetings with various um, streaming companies and things like that to see if I can get some distribution so it, to, to get it out there so it'll be more mainstream. Yeah, Quinn, um, this is Pat Hardy, and we appreciate you coming on. And um, I've always had sort of a fascination about Frank Kinney Holbrook ever since, well, not always, but I did a project for the Press Citizen about 15 years ago. I did the history of the black athlete at Iowa. 
because it's very prominent. I mean, I think it's something that Iowa needs to promote even more. I mean, it's very – I mean, if you think Frank Kenny Holbrook played at Iowa in the late 1890s, Alabama didn't have its first black football player until they recruited Wilbur Jackson in the early 1970s. I mean, think about that, Quinn. I mean, that is yeah. – I mean, I think that's something Iowa needs to promote more. Iowa has been on the forum, especially in light of what happened last summer. I, I think mm-hmm. Iowa needs to do stuff like this because there is such – a story history with Iowa and the black hat. I mean, look at Ozzie Simmons. The whole Florida Rosedale thing was all based on racism with Iowa being on the right side of this thing. And Ozzie Simmons happened 40 years after Frank Holbrook. That's no, I'm, I'm so glad you're, it's just a fascinating and, and story. Duke Slater. And Duke Slater. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, Quinn, there's a rich history there. Absolutely. You know, and what's interesting is, you know, I mean, I lived in Slater Hall mm-hmm. when I was there, but yet I had no idea about the history. And, you know, I was also, you know, 1920, so I was more concerned with, you know, what my hair was looking like, and, sure. you know, talk, talking to the ladies than I was about <laughs> history. But as I get older, I realized that these people were, you know, pioneers, mm-hmm. not just in, 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 in sports history in general, but at the University of Iowa. And, you know, because of their example, people like me were able to follow suit and, and, and do what I did. Um, now, everything is not perfect, right? Sure. So I think that uh, the state of Iowa in general has been very progressive and accepting of um, you know, diversity all the way back to, to those times. You know, now, were there problems? Absolutely. You know, I know that you know, when he got to Iowa, you know, it, was one, it, it was one of those things where they loved him, you know, they loved it as a football player. Same thing with, you know, with Duke Slater, right? He, mm-hmm. he was very, you know, beloved as an athlete. But off the field, it was still a lot of segregation, there was a lot of racism, and then, you know, just traveling to other places. Exactly. You know, there's the famous story about them playing the University of Missouri um, and what he had to endure and had to face and death threats and everything else. You know, so it, it's, a, it's a very compelling story, like you said, and, and, and I'm very excited to be able to to share it with everyone. And the other thing, he was a pretty good player, too. I mean, from a football, he wasn't just on the team. I mean, he was, and that was another thing that I found interesting. But no, it's just, there's a past there that Iowa needs to embrace, and this is a good way, this is a good way of doing it. So when did you first hear of Frank Holbrook? When did you first hear his name? When I, when I Googled, you know, just, you know, I was online looking up, you know, history, football history, so that if I became a part of the Nile Kinnick, uh, project okay. that I would be educated. So I began to educate myself, and then I came across a picture of Frank and Holbrook and the team, and I clicked on it having no idea who he was. And that I just, so I basically randomly stumbled across him. <laughs> Interesting. And then I was, and then it was just a, you know, it was an avalanche from there. I just started just getting into it and you know learning his whole story and and, and just you know kept going with it. So very excited to be able to. Uh, be part of the project. I think one of the things that I found the most interested in, in reading about this was the the city of Tipton pooled their money yes. to send uh, Frank yeah. Holbrook to the University of Iowa. I just thought that was uh, astounding. No, absolutely, absolutely, and you know I think that um, a lot of the townspeople were made up of Quakers, and the Quakers believe. Back then was that, you know, all men truly were created equal. Mm-hmm. 
but they didn't really see color. So I think that, you know, that the family was beloved. Uh, he was beloved as, a, as, a, um, as an athlete, both in football and track, and the family couldn't afford for him to go. So, you know, they wanted, the townspeople wanted uh, to help him to represent the town of Tipton by sending him to Iowa. So that is a pretty amazing part of the story. And then also even going back further, the fact that his father, James Kenny Holbrook, was, like you said at the beginning of this interview, he was a runaway slave. He ran away from his captors, and he ran into the safety of the Union Army. And Lloyd Dillon, uh, who was a captain for the Union Army, took him in his, his ballet. And then after the war was over, took him back to Iowa City. James grew up, moved to Tipton, got married, and had Frank Kinney Holbrook. So nice story. it's a really, really interesting story. You know, and he enrolled, Frank enrolled at Iowa about 30 years after the end of the Civil War. I mean, think yeah. about that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean it, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of separation from that. And, but um, So, Quinn, do you, obviously you've got to finish this one, but does this have you thinking, man, you may do more of this stuff? May, maybe more of trying to spread a, awareness and trying to tap into Iowa's past in a way of trying to kind of spread the word? So my goal is to, I'm going to do a docu-series. Okay. And the, docu- the docu-series will highlight the achievements of black athletes in sports history in the United States, stories that haven't been told. Okay. Um, so my next uh, documentary that I'm going to, I want to work on is, and I've already done actually quite a, a few of the interviews already, is about the relationship between Hayden Fry and Jerry Levias. Ah, great. Perfect, yep. And then, you know, for, for those that don't know of that story, when Coach Fry was uh, the coach of uh, SMU, he gave Jerry Levias a scholarship in 1966, and he was only the, the second athlete, black athlete, in the state of Texas, I believe, to receive a scholarship. And, and both Coach Fry and Levias got uh, death threat. Oh, yeah. And it was just a really tumultuous um, thing. And uh, so I really want to tell that story. And I don't think a lot of people know the, story, you know, the full story of Coach Fry and just what he's done. Exactly. Uh, people know bits and pieces, but it's a pretty amazing story. Uh, so I want to bring that one to light. I rem- and, uh, you know, so, so we'll see. I remember asking Hayden about the jury about Levias and, uh, you know, part of why he did it. And I remember he looked at me and he says, I did it because it was the right thing to do. And he goes, sometimes I, the right thing to do is not the easiest thing to do. And you suffer some at the beginning, but you have to, and I just wrote, I'll just never forget that answer. I, and it was just so plain and clear why he did it. So, so if you remember that, uh, you know, my teammate and, and best friend, Robert Smith mm-hmm. is from Texas and was the first athlete to be recruited from Texas uh, to the University of Iowa. And uh, Robert is part of this Frank Kenny Holbrook documentary, too. I, I asked him some questions. And, you know, we talked a little bit about that. And uh, Robert had no intention of coming to Iowa. He was going to go to Texas. He was going to go to Oklahoma. You know, these, these other schools that were powerhouses back then in the 80s. And um, when he heard this story about Jerry Levias, that really intrigued him. And, he, you know, he visited with Coach Fry and, he, you know, had a great, for it. And, and Robert told me two things. He said his mother said to him, do you want to play for the, the, the university, the program, or do you want to play for the man? 
which is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And you know, so Robert decided to come to Iowa. And then when I when Robert finished his eligibility and he was graduate, he went into Coach Fry's office and he asked Coach Fry the same question: What made you give Jerry Levi's scholarship? And he said that Coach Fry looked at him and said, "I was I was tired of living in the dark." Yeah. He said that you know, like evil can't live in the dark. Somebody had to do it. So, somebody had to do it. So Some... I thought that was very very powerful, and um, you know, I look forward to hopefully you know, uh, uh, bringing this story to light. So, and then I want to follow suit with, you know, a whole string of other topics and, and documentaries along the same line. No, I think it's a brilliant idea between Hayden Fry, Ozzie Simmons, Duke Slater, Frank Kinney. I mean, there's so much proud history with the Iowa athletic program with equality and whatever. And I think, Quinn, I think this is the perfect time to tap into that and really start promoting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on just to talk a little bit about it. So, Quinn, did you know when you got here and we were being recruited by Hayden, did you know what he was all about? Did you know? I didn't. I I know you talked about it briefly Um, earlier, but you didn't know anything about the man. You knew more. You were more interested in the coach. I get that. And um, um, when did you finally start? Did you start to learn at all during Iowa what Hayden Fry's legacy was all about? No, I did. I did. Again, you know, in talking to Robert back then, he told me, he said, man, you know this dude um, gave a scholarship to Jerry Levias, and he told me, like, a little bit of stuff. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You know, that's, that's awesome, you know. Um, but again, I was less concerned, you know, when you're a teenager, you're less concerned sure. about the history and the origins and more concerned about what you have going on. Exactly. You know, I was happy to be there and, you know, trying to make my way and stuff like that. But, when it really, really hit me was when I went to Coach Fry's funeral. And they talked about how you know, he was in the Marine Corps and he served his country. They talked about when he coached at uh, North Texas and, and, and what, how he turned that program around. And then how he went to SMU and turned that program around. How he got to Iowa. And then by the second year, they're in the Rose Bowl and, you know, just, you know, the coaching lineage and, and, and his accomplishments. And the most amazing part was when Coach Ferenc got up to speak at the funeral and he said, for anybody in these stands who has been touched in a very personal and profound way by Coach Fry, stand up. And there were generations of people from, you know, North Texas, SMU, Iowa that all stood up. And it was just like a you know, like a multiracial tapestry of people and ages, and there were guys 70 standing up, and I was just, it was really emotional, mm-hmm. and I was, I was blown away by it. And I uh, just really didn't understand the magnitude of, you know, the, the imprint that he left, both on, you know, just the game of college football, but also on a lot of men, a lot of young men and old men and, yep. you know, people who just really learned from him. So it was a pretty amazing deal. No, you're right. And well said. So, so when do you, I know you said this, when, um, just for our listeners, when do you think this documentary will be out and available? Definitely, I, I believe sometime in June. Okay, okay. Just trying to get it all, you know, just polished and, and shiny and looking good. And, and then, uh, yeah, and then we'll we'll, we'll launch it. Okay, uh, we'll just definitely keep you guys posted. Yeah, keep us posted. Yeah, we'll have you on again after it launches because no, I'm I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, absolutely. I, I do want to ask you. I know you you did track at Iowa. I gotta. Um, how about that Iowa track program? 
Yeah, they're doing really, doing really well. They finished second, third yep. in the long jump. I know that was one of your events. I mean, Joey's really got them going. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity, you know, to, to be a two-sport athlete at Iowa. You know, I think nowadays it's not as common. I think no. they're kind of, you know, wanting people to focus in on their, you know, their main sport. But, uh, you know, I really feel thankful for that. And, you know, listen, Ted Wheeler, who was my coach back then, I mean, he, that's another great story. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? without um, question. And, uh, you know, what, what a nice man. What a good, you know, I, I feel honored to have been able to run track there and run track for him. And, uh, man, yeah, they're really, they're really doing well. No, it's a neat story. So, Tom, do you got anything else? Um, maybe uh, tell us a little bit about the Iowa-Missouri game in 1896 that makes uh, this story uh, uh, so compelling or part of what makes this story so compelling. Absolutely. So, in 1895, the Iowa Hawkeyes, they, they uh, didn't have a coach. I mean, the, the program was getting ready to fold. You know, it was pretty much just the, the players coaching themselves. And, and Frankie Holbrook was playing end. And back then, there was no forward pass. So he was basically a blocker. He was blocking all the time. And the team ended up 2-5 and five at the end of that season. The next year, you know, before the season started, um, again, people at the university, they raised a bunch of money to keep the program going. And then they hired Alfred E. Bull, who the year before, <laughs> uh, he, was, he was at the University of Connecticut. He was an All-American, uh, so he was a young guy as well, but he came to Iowa, he became their coach. First thing he did was he moved Frank Kenny Holbrook from end to halfback. And uh, the, the team really started taking off, they started beating everyone, um, and he was a force to be reckoned with. And the, the, the previous year when they traveled to Missouri, um, you know, Missouri wasn't really worried about it. They knew that they had a black player. Of course, they, you know, there was, you know, there were, there were some events that happened that were extremely racist to him and all that stuff. But they didn't make a big deal about it because they knew that they could easily beat the Hawkeyes. In 1896, it was a different story. They knew that the Hawkeyes were the best team in the conference. So they did everything that they could to try to keep him from coming to the game which was kind of a, even after him, it was kind of a regular occurrence, right? They, they would tell you to leave the black players at home. Um, Think about that. So he went, and they were greeted at the stadium with, or at the, at the field with, you know, the fans had bats and chains and, you know, and, and they were talking about killing him and all this other stuff. And Alfred E. Bull asked him, he said, listen, I, he goes, I know that you can um, but you don't have to play. And he decided to play. And uh, you know, it, it, it was 12 to nothing. One of their players punched one of the referees. He got kicked out of the game. I mean, it was a whole thing. And then in the second half, you know, they, they all met at the, on the field and said, listen, if you don't reinstate our player, this is Missouri, if you don't reinstate our player, then they won't be able to finish the game. So they reinstated the player. I think he punched another referee. It was like a whole melee type of thing. So they ended up calling the game. Missouri forfeited. And I, that was the reason that Iowa won their first conference championship. Wow. <laughs> doesn't speak well for Missouri, does it? It sure doesn't. The show-me state? Well, so. yeah. Well, 
back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sure they're not like that now. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. But yeah, that's, I mean, what is that, 135 years ago? 126, 126, 126. Yep. Uh, God, it's incredible. When you, you know, Quinn, another one, I mean, I know Forrest Evershesky, we've talked a lot about his winning and mm-hmm. what, but uh, he also helped advance the equality for the black player. I mean, Tom, you know, he recruited a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Steubenville trio. Calvin Jones. Calvin yeah. Jones and um, Eddie Vincent. And, and Frank Gilliam. Part of the reason they all three came here, because Ohio State only wanted Calvin Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and Evie's yeah. like, "Hey, bring him here." But no, there is so much history. And I, like I said, I'm just really excited that you've chosen to do this because I think it's going to really help Iowa football, and it's interesting. It's good history. I mean, it's just I've lo- I love documentaries, and I really look forward to can't, this. I can't wait to see this. No, this I, I look forward to it. So yeah, keep us posted, Quinn, and we will have you on after it's released. Absolutely, I really appreciate it. So again, uh, just go to FrankKinneyHoldbook.com. And uh, you can just read a little bit about his history. The trailer is on there. Take a look at that. And um, also there's a button up top. It will take you to my, you know, I, I, I named my foundation after my mother. Right. She passed away from Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and early intervention foundation. And what I do is money that's donated to the foundation, people can get a write-off. And then I use a small portion of that money to do my to do these film projects. Mm-hmm. So anybody who wants to donate, you can just press that button when you go to the Frank and the Whole Book website. That'll help out a lot. Okay. And uh, I'm just really excited to get this thing out there, and I'm really appreciative that you had me on your show this morning. No, we'll do what we can to help you spread bet. the word, and I really look forward to it. Quinn, we appreciate your time. We surely do. Yep, thank you so much. Okay, Quinn, thanks. All right, take care. But no, I, I can't. And it's Kinney, K I N N E Y, K I N N E Y, H O L B R O O K. Frank, yeah, I wrote about. Frank him. I've, written, I've written about him two or three times. I remember when I did that project for the Press Citizen. I really learned a lot. I enjoyed that. I, they gave me about a month to write this thing. I, I wrote about him, Duke Slater, Ozzy. I mean, the Ozzy Simmons thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think. I think there's a lot of young fans out there that don't realize that Florida of Day, Rosedale, the whole thing's rooted in racism. It, it completely. It's all rooted in racism, and <laughs> I think the reason. The Steubenville trios here is because Ohio State didn't want to take three black players. That's they exactly had enough. Right. They had met their quota, or whatever. Every's like, "Hey, I'll take whoever is the best player." I mean, you can say a lot Basically about it. Basically, just jumped in the car and came yes. here. I mean, Evie had a lot of flaws. He was a bully and he was mean and intimidating, but he was not a racist. I mean, he no. was. I was told that he was just as mean to the white player. I mean, just. I mean, he was just mean to everybody. He didn't care what color you were. He was just mean, and the black players feared him as much as the white players did. There's, there are some great stories. When it came to being a bully and mean, Evie was an equal opportunity. <laughs> yes, he was. All for equality. Yes, he was. Was your father afraid of him? No. No, but he respected the hell out but of him. But he also knew Evie would never punch him or anything. Oh, no. no Whereas was... the players, I think, sometimes weren't maybe quite for sure out on the football field. He, I, I know he was disappointed uh, ultimately with... Evie as the athletic director, well, he and he on, set back he Iowa football he was uh, a long way. All because of his ego. Yep. But he was a, yeah, Evie was a train wreck. And I wish we would have had a little better reception on that call. Yeah. There were yeah. times where he kind of, but I, I could hear it for the most part, but I think it's really cool what Quinn is doing. And, yeah, I mean, I can't, I'm really looking forward to I it. I can't wait. I wish he would do a documentary on Ozzie Simmons. I think the Ozzie Simmons Well, story, he probably will. He moved up here with his brother from Fort Worth, Texas, because they had nowhere else to go. Iowa gave them a chance, and I, I know I keep bringing it up last summer, but I think this is what Iowa needs to, yeah, I to agree. show. Yeah, yeah, we had some problems last summer, and we got some things that need to be fixed, but this is still Iowa Hawkeye football where there's been a lot of great stuff done mm-hmm. for decades 
there in over fair, a century. Over over a century pushing equality. I mean, like I, I, uh, I apologize if you guys already had this, but did you see that uh, Iowa tweeted that the Week Five game at Maryland is now yes. a Friday game? Yes. Old news, not fake news. Old news. Okay, I didn't know if you had it or not. Old news, Lang. Tommy, we're on top of everything. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, Cap, does anything ever get by us? Uh, well, I say that um, somewhat sarcastically. Firmly placed in cheek. But it seems like always something always happens when I'm here. Have you ever noticed that? Frequently. Yeah. You know, something always happens when I'm on the air here. And but but no, that was fun talking to Quinn. And Quinn was a great player. I mean, he's a great track athlete. He long jumped over 25 feet. Played in the NFL for over a decade and was a great downfield receiver. With that, it's just a, a incredible story. And I look forward to seeing what he does with it. And and the people in Tipton still have a lot of pride about Frank Kenny Holbrook. I mean, I, and they got the museum. And I mean, it's a, I, I'd be curious if all the people, if you went around Tipton, if you mentioned his name, how, how many, what percentage of people would you say know who he is? If you were to guess in Tipton. Uh, you think it's 30%? Uh, it's, I was thinking 25%. Yeah, I don't think it's anything like 8 out of 10. I get that. I don't want to get carried away. I mean, away. There, you say there's a museum? Well, there's, I don't know if there's quote-unquote a museum, but there's a, there's a group that does, that promotes his legacy. Mm-hmm. I know that, because actually I was going to, I've interviewed one of the guys, I think, when I did that story. But, I mean, he's definitely a, a big part of that town's history. I mean, uh-huh. and the fact that the town rallied behind and gave him money to go to school, there just wasn't much of that going on between blacks and whites at that time anywhere in the country. That's, just, that's astounding. And that's why I think, again, I think it's smart that Iowa taps into that and says this is what Hawkeye football is all about. That stuff last summer, yes, we're dealing with that, but there's so much more to Hawkeye football, and I think that's what Quinn's trying to do, and mm-hmm. I say more power to him. So, no, this was fun. I appreciate it. Liddell Betts. Yep. Um, appreciate him giving me 20 minutes yesterday, and it worked out fine. Appreciate Captain coming in and doing that last night and both of us came in here despite against molly's wishes i mean molly wanted us no part of us out here and thanks to quinn for being on and tom for reaching out to him and um, what's today wednesday Uh uh-huh i'm having trouble keeping track of the days again yeah we got high school baseball tonight at um six o'clock solon yeah thank god it's not eight yeah why are they starting at six uh because i'm not uh, complaining is over Okay, I'm not complaining. Well, there must not be a double. I mean, lots of times they'll play the no, JV it's a game. single game. Okay, they'll play the JV game at 5.30, and then the varsity starts at like quarter to eight. Yeah. But, no, this could be a close to being over by 8 o'clock. That'll be nice. So, And we'll be right. back on Friday. We will. And um, police reports next. Uh, hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.